Turn with me to James chapter 2 and verse 14. James chapter 2, verse 14. When I was a 10-year-old boy, I heard a message. And up to that time, I believed that I was a true believer in Jesus Christ. And if you'd asked me if I was a Christian, and I did do this, I would raise my hand. But I did not know Christ. And uh, in that moment, as I was listening to that message, God showed me that I was lost. And it was just as crystal clear. Um, Except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. That was what the, the sermon was on. Still remember it to this day. That's how much of an impact it made upon me. Uh, but there is such a thing as counterfeit faith. And the Bible says that we need to examine ourselves to see if we be of the faith. Um, and this scripture in James is meant to challenge people who had no evidence whatsoever of being a believer in Jesus Christ and yet claimed to be believers. And so James goes through and he's making an argument. He's saying, look, faith, biblical faith, should have some kind of a fruit to it. Um, some people have pitted James and Paul against each other. I was uh, looking in Romans chapter 10. And a verse I've often quoted, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And the next verse says this, for with a heart man believeth unto righteousness. can be translated resulting in righteousness. With a mouth confession is made, same thing could be translated resulting in salvation. So that faith has a result, and it's not only the result of being clothed in the righteousness of Christ, of being justified, but it is also a new life. If you read Romans 1.17, um, there's a scripture that says, uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believes, first for the Jew and also for the Greek. But verse 17 says uh, that the righteous will live from faith, Resulting in faith. Uh, and so it will be said the just will live by faith. Uh, and so this, uh, this life, this eternal life that comes when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, there's a transformation that takes place. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5.17, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. And all things are become new. Jesus said to Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, you've got all these outward things of religion. But he said, you must be born again. You see, there was a life within that Nicodemus did not have. He had a righteousness of the law, but God wanted him to have the righteousness that was a gift of God. Not just salvation, but the righteous life and the righteous capacity to live for Christ, and the presence of the Holy Spirit within. So Paul and James agree. Faith always produces a difference. And so, uh, 
as God's people, we need to examine ourselves to see if we be of the faith. And we need to help others recognize uh, what true saving faith looks like. And so look with me at uh, verse 14. The title of my message is Identifying Counterfeit Faith. Verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can his faith save him? Or you, or you could translate that, can such faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat well, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you faith from my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe, and they shudder. Foolish man, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, uh, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was active together with his works, and by works, faith was perfected or completed. So the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a man is justified by works, or that word justified can also mean shown to be righteous by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by a different route? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Paul and James are coming at this from two different places. Paul is talking about how does a person enter into salvation. And so he emphasizes the fact that salvation is by faith. Uh, uh, James is emphasizing from a different perspective what does true saving faith look like in the life of a Christian and James says if you have saving faith in Jesus Christ you're going to be different there's going to be a new set of desires there's going to be a fruit uh, works and that faith and works rather than being opposed to each other in the Christian's life works are the expression of faith and so, uh, James is, is trying to show people that there needs to be some evidence of a desire for God and of a service to God, or you cannot claim biblical saving faith. So, identifying counterfeit faith, how do you do that? Well, first of all, we need to see that counterfeit faith, first of all, is dead. It's dead. If you look at uh, verse 14, he says, uh, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can his faith, or I like the translation, can such faith save him? There's a, a, an article there in the original language that uh, can point to this being a certain kind of faith. Can this kind of faith save somebody if it doesn't have any fruit? James is saying, no, that's not true biblical saving faith. Verse 17, he says, in the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. Look at verse 26. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead 
Think he's trying to make a point here? Dead dogs can't fetch. Dead, dead chefs can't cook. Dead birds can't fly. I, I remember when I was a little boy, I, I played with a dead bird. I know that's probably horrifying to some of you, but I did. And it was stiff, and I remember trying to make the wings fly, and they wouldn't cooperate because rigor mortis had set in. And um, whatever I did with that bird, he, he didn't chirp. He didn't fly. He didn't try to get away. I couldn't feel his heart beating. He was dead. There was no evidence of life. James is saying, look, you don't, if you're not doing anything for Christ, if you have no desire for the things of God, if there's no evidence and no interest, you have dead faith. And you need a living faith. You must be born again. And so, um, I, I, I can remember having no desire for the things of God before being truly saved. No desire. No desire to worship God. No desire to be alone with God. Uh, no real interest in spiritual things. I came to church because my parents made me come to church. I memorized scriptures because I got a sucker. Uh, there, I mean, it was totally selfishly motivated. I had no interest in God whatsoever. But something amazing happened when I surrendered my life to Christ. And put my trust in him. For the first time, I had an interest in spiritual things. Uh, for the first time, I wanted to serve God. For the first time, I began to be interested in what was being said from the word of God. Uh, there was a whole new set of desires in my life. Why? Because I've been born again. There was new life within and so, uh, if, uh, if your spiritual life has no evidence uh, of any activity, chances are it's dead. You need to come to Christ for life. Surrender your life to him and put your trust in his promise to save. Uh, so, first of all, identifying counterfeit faith. The first way you identify it is it's dead. Secondly, it's unproven. It's unproven. Look at verse 18. Someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without works. In other words, James is saying, show me, prove it to me. You got faith, what's the evidence of it? I'll show you my faith by my works. You see, there's evidence that God is, is there because he has a desire to do things for God. Um, when somebody goes to court, we believe in innocent until proven guilty in our society, right? If you want to condemn somebody for murder or whatever else it is in a criminal court, you have to provide evidence of the crime. And if there's no evidence, chances are it may get thrown out before it even goes to trial. But if it makes it to trial, chances are the jury is going to say, we found reasonable doubt we're finding this person not guilty. Somebody once said, if you were on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Uh, there should be an evidence of the presence of God. Um, Ezekiel was told by God, I want you to go and share 
my message. And God said, uh, once you've shared my message, they will know that a prophet has been among them. God will have touched their heart. There had been evidence of his presence. Um, when uh, Eli and Hophni and Phinehas were in the tabernacle, God pronounced a judgment upon them. And that judgment was carried out in one day. Both the sons of Eli, uh, along with Eli himself, died in one day. And as his daughter-in-law gave birth, they had a baby, and they named that, that baby Ichabod. For the glory has departed. Can you imagine being a kid named Ichabod? The glory has departed. What's your name? The glory has departed. Calling him out and rolling school. Glory has departed here. You know, I don't know, it just strikes me funny. But that's what they named him. The glory has departed. In other words, the presence of God was no longer upon the tabernacle. So there was no power there. There was no difference that could be made uh, without God's presence. The same thing is true in a, in, in a person's life. If God's presence is not there, um, we lack what we need. When his presence is there, there'll be an evidence of that in our lives. And so, um, is there evidence of a desire for spiritual things? Is there evidence of work or service done for Christ? Um, if not, that faith is unproven. Uh, and and uh, question that faith. Thirdly, identifying counterfeit faith. How do you do it? How do you identify it? What do we see? We see that it is useless. It's useless. Verse 20, foolish man, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Or vain, I think some translations say. In other words, it makes no difference. It is unproductive. It can't do you any good. When I was a kid, I liked to play Monopoly. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd get, you know, buy the hotels and buy the houses and so forth. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and uh, I enjoyed it. But, you know, I could never take that money to the grocery store. Why? Because it was fake. It wasn't real. It was useless. I couldn't buy a Snicker bar with it. I couldn't buy a color TV with it. If I took it to a realtor, they wouldn't let me buy a house. Nothing I'd try to do in the real world with Monopoly money would ever work. Why? Because it's useless. It's just a game. Many people are playing a game with their spiritual life. And, and, and really, it is doing them no good. They can't draw near to God because they don't know him. Remember what Jesus said? There'll be people say, you've done many wonderful works in my name. Jesus says, depart from me. I will say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. It's useless. Doesn't draw them near to God. Uh, doesn't provide strength for their life. Doesn't provide uh, the grace of God, the joy of God, the peace of God. Any of those things. No benefit. It's completely useless. I can remember sitting in a pew thinking, what good does this do before I was saved? I really couldn't see the, see the benefit of it. 
what good could this, could this do? Uh, why am I here? Why am I spending my time doing this? Huh. Once I met Jesus, I knew what good it could do. <laughs> he changed my heart. He gave me his joy. There was a benefit to his presence. Uh, so, counterfeit faith will be useless. It, um, there's a scripture in Jude that talks about the fact that these false teachers who weren't believers, they were claiming to be believers, they were trying to teach other people, but Jude says they're like clouds without rain. They don't do you any good. There are, there are people out there who will try to preach and so forth, but there's no power of God because there's no presence of God. And it does absolutely no good. It also does them no good. So, it's useless. This counterfeit faith is useless. Uh, if your faith is useless to you, you might check and see if you got the real McCoy. Identifying counterfeit faith. How do you, what do we see? We see that it's dead. It's unproven. It's useless. And finally, it's incomplete. It's incomplete. Verse 21 wasn't Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was active together with his works, and by works, faith was perfected. You can also translate that word completed. I think that's a little better translation there. So, the scripture was fulfilled that said Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him righteousness and he was called God's friend so the it says his faith was completed the scripture was fulfilled now what does he mean by that Paul uses this same verse it's he's quoting the Old Testament Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness Genesis 15 6 God gave Abraham a promise and Abraham believed it okay at that very moment, God credited righteousness to him. Justification by faith. But if you fast forward in the book of Genesis, six chapters later, God tells Abraham, Abraham, go sacrifice your son Isaac. And Abraham goes, and as you know the story, he lifts the knife. And God says, wait, stop, and, and so forth. And, and God provides the substitute, the lamb. But you see, what does he mean? The scripture was fulfilled. You see, when Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness, God gave him new life in, in, his, in his heart. God... Um, took that decision of faith and, and gave him uh, the filling of his presence to do the things that God would later call him to do. So his faith, his decision to trust God, he was saved at that moment. But ultimately it fulfilled itself in what he did. It completed itself in what he did. The thief on the cross had no opportunity for his faith to be completed. Had he lived, it would have been. There would have been an evidence of the change that took place in his life. 
But you see, you're not saved by works. So it didn't matter that he, he wasn't going to have an opportunity for that to be completed because Jesus, he, he had the promise of Christ. Lord, remember me in your kingdom. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And he believed it. And I'm going to tell you something. When he went to glory, he was with Christ. But you see, the natural outflow, the natural completion of faith, the natural fulfillment of faith in someone's life, and the fulfillment of that scripture in Genesis 15, 6, you're justified by faith, means that there'll be a change in your life, a new spiritual life in you that will produce a difference. And your work will show and reveal and be the expression of your faith. If you look at Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 is called the faith chapter, and we won't turn there, but um, if you go through time after time after time after time after time, the different people that are listed in Hebrews 11, it talks about by faith they did something. By faith they did something. Well, guess what? The author of Hebrews agrees with Paul and James. If you truly believe God, guess what? There's going to be fruit. You're going to do something with it. And so the, the, the work, that you, the, uh, the action that you take is a demonstration of the faith in your heart. So um, counterfeit faith is incomplete. There's no work there. Um, and he's saying, look, if you say you have faith without works, I'm telling you, your faith is incomplete. If you um, go to school and you don't do all the assignments for the semester, you get an I on your report card, incomplete. Why? Because there's something left. It's, it's, it, you haven't done what you're supposed to do. Uh, it's incomplete. James says, you've, you say you've trusted Christ, and you've been living, and, and I see no difference in your life. I'm saying to you, your faith is incomplete. You don't have the real McCoy. Because if you had the real McCoy, I'm going to tell you that there would be something to, that you could show and that you could point to in your life that you've done for God. There would be some desire that you have for the things of God. If you don't have that, your faith is incomplete. So, he says, uh, I want you to understand Abraham's faith was completed when he offered Isaac. Or at least was willing to. Rahab's faith was completed when she hid the spies. And sent them out a different way. You see, it was their action that completed their faith. And so James says, hey, uh, talk is cheap. Saying you have faith, the demons have that kind of faith. Biblical saving faith will make a difference in your life. If any man be in Christ, I'm quoting Paul, he's a new creature. New creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become true. Examine your life. If your faith is dead, unproven, useless, and incomplete, you need to get things right with the Lord. Come and surrender to Him. Confess Him as your Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised Him from the dead and you'll be saved. Um, if you know someone else that you see from all appearances, we can't look at and judge the heart sometimes, but uh, from all appearances it seems their faith is dead, unproven, incomplete, useless, no evidence of an interest for God, no evidence of anything that God, that they've done for God, 
um, you need to, to be concerned about that person. You need to lift them up in prayer. You may even need to have a conversation with them if, if the Spirit leads you. Uh, just to share from your heart. Say, hey, I, I'm not seeing fruit in your life. And uh, I want you to know that surrender and trusting Jesus is important. And, and I want to see the genuine fruit of faith in your life because I love you. And, uh, and so um, pray for that person at the very least. Sometimes it may be, I think a person can drift from God. There may have been a time where they serve God, where they drift from God, and they're away from God. Uh, either way, they need your prayers, right? And, and so ask God uh, to work in that person's heart and show them uh, their condition. Also, when I speak about this, um, there's, there's two things you need to realize. One is that the Holy Spirit is not the author of confusion. So, the enemy sometimes may whisper in our ear, you're not a believer, and he won't give you a reason. Why? Because he wants you to be confused, he wants you to be fearful. Um, don't listen to that. But if the Holy Spirit of God points his finger on something in your life and makes it clear to you, that's the way the Holy Spirit works. And so, if you, in hearing this message tonight, maybe it's clear to you. You listen and you say, okay, this is what I see in my life. Um, God has made this clear. I know I'm lost. I need Christ. Well, come and get things settled. If you don't, if, if there's just a, a nagging voice, ask God to give you clarity. And, and if, he, if he doesn't show you, don't worry about it. The Bible says it is God's will that all None should perish and that all should come to the knowledge of repentance. That's God's will. That's God's heart. So if you ask him to show you if you're lost and he, and he doesn't show you that, chill out and relax. Okay? Um, so uh, don't let the enemy, that, you know, because some people are always worried about those kinds of things. Other people are never worried about it and they need to be. <laughs> so, you know. There are scriptures in the Bible for both groups, and I believe this is one of those scriptures for the group that never thinks about it. Hey, look, is there enough evidence to convict you? Uh, do you have the marks of genuine faith, or is there no evidence whatsoever? If they did a brain scan of you, would there be any activity? You know, if, if they checked your heart, would it be beating? Spiritually speaking, there's no evidence whatsoever of your salvation. Well, then... You may need to pronounce it as dead and say, look, I need life. There's good news. We serve Jesus Christ, and he's the God of the resurrection. And he can lift us up from being dead in our trespasses and sins and bring us new life. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us, Father, uh, to identify any counterfeit faith that there may be in us. Um, Lord, if there's someone here tonight that has a counterfeit faith, Father, I pray that you make that crystal clear to them and uh, that they would respond in repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Um, God, if there's somebody maybe that came to mind as I was preaching this message, Lord, uh, a friend or a loved one, 
Uh, there, there's no evidence of your love in their heart. There's no evidence of, of a desire for the things of God or a desire to serve. Lord, I pray uh, that uh, that person would be included on a prayer list. And, uh, Father, that we pray uh, for those individuals that we have concerns about. Uh, Lord, I pray also that we'd share with them as you lead us.